This is Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. This program is designed to help you build your faith in God's Word, receive His healing delivering power, and experience God's best in every area of your life. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Regardless of what you may be facing, His Word and power are available to you today. Today I'd like to uh, look at or begin a series entitled, Who We Are in Christ. And this will have a, a number of various emphases or directions, but the subject of who we are in Christ is really pivotal to understanding the new birth. And it's critical to experiencing the kind of life or the quality of life that God intended for the believer to experience in Christ Jesus. Yes, we'll experience temptations, tribulation, tests and trials and different things like that. However, God said his plan for us is good, not evil, to give us a future and a hope. And how we are able to cooperate with his good plan, I believe, is really understanding who we are in Christ. And, and part of that really, or much of that, um, includes understanding what is the new birth what happened when what happens to you what really happens to the person when they say Jesus come into my life I receive you Jesus as the Lord of my life I believe that you are the son of the living God well what happens when someone does that well we're going to look at a scripture today and this is our jumping off point our theme text for this series if you will and it's 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 now now before I go into that you don't you need to understand and being born again is not a religion. And that's one of the things that's really killed uh, or the life of God in, in many lives and many people. See, being born again is not a religion, it's a relationship. You see, it's not, a religion is man's way of appeasing God. It's man's way to try to get to God. So there's many religions. No, Christianity or receiving Jesus is receiving the life of God. And you're going to see that in the Word of God today. It's receiving the God kind or God quality of life. I mean, it's the difference between, that's why many people who call themselves Christians, unbelievers look at them and they say, well, if that's what means Christian, you know, well, I don't want any of it. Why? Because they see someone who's dry. They see someone who goes through rituals and forms, but they have no real life about them. They have someone who looks like they're really not enjoying what they claim to, to experience. No, receiving Christ is receiving the life of God. It is a relationship. There's a vigor. There's a vitality. Why? Because it's life. So being a Christian means receiving the very life and the nature of God. And so we're going to look at that today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old is past and the new has come. Again, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old has passed and the new has come. And we're going to look at a number of things here because see this scripture or this theme we're talking about, who we are in Christ. When you understand what it means, what it really means to be a Christian, what it means to be in Christ, it changes your life. It changes your world. It changes your entire perception. It changes how you look at life. It changes how you see yourself. You'll realize that things or the past that has held you back for so long doesn't need to. It changes your entire outlook 
outlook on life. Again, how you see yourself, how you see other people, how you see God. It, and it, it really revitalizes, it enthuses your relationship with God. It gives you purpose. You see things completely different. Again, the old is past and the new has come. We're going to break that down for you over the next few weeks so you can really understand it. Again, this is the difference. I'm telling you folks that the more you understand who you are in Christ, what the new birth really means, how God sees you today as his child, you understanding that will be the difference between night and day. You not understanding that will, will almost be as if you, do, you don't know what it means to be born again. You'll be robbed of the life of God. You'll be robbed of the kind of relationship that he, that he, that he destined for you to have. You'll be robbed of the kind of relationship and life that for the reason for which he sent Jesus to give that life to you. So we're going to look into that. Again, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creature, the old is past and the new has come. Amplified Bible says this, therefore if, if any person is engrafted, that's a good word, in Christ, the Messiah is a new creature, a new creation all together. The old, the previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. So now who you are and who we are in Christ Jesus, it will determine your identity. It will determine, really, we could say your origin, your nature. It will determine your value. It will show you your value and your worth to God. Many people, if some of you out there, you might be struggling with identity issues, value issues. Am I worth anything? Does anyone love me? Everybody desires to be loved. But the thing is this, you can have a religion and not really know the love of God. As many people claim to be serving God, but on the inside of them, they've never come to understand how much God really loves them. And the thing is this, once you know how much God loves you, then that show that immediately answers the worth or the value question in your heart and life. You won't need to kill yourself because you've given up on yourself. Why? Because you know the God of the universe loves you supremely and paid the ultimate price in sending his son to bring you into his family. You are tremendously valuable to God. And again, the value of something is determined by the price that someone is willing or has paid for it. Well, the price your price in God's eyes was the was the death, the blood of his son, which he did. Now because he did that, that's the value. Said, I love you so much, I'll do whatever it takes to bring you into my family. Hence this verse. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old is past and the new has come. So we're in Christ. So this first phrase here, we're going to look at that. In Christ. Now, now it's important again. In Christ, that phrase in Christ says, well, where we are shows where we are. So it's a positional statement, but it also shows us where God sees us or how God sees us. So when you said, Jesus, I receive you as the Lord of my life, then you need to understand in God's eyes, he sees you in Christ. And that phrase is used by the Apostle Paul a number of times and others in the New Testament. I'm going to give some examples of that. In 2 Corinthians 12 verse 2, Paul says this, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or out of the body I cannot tell. 
So said, he says, I knew a man in Christ. So he's speaking about himself. So that's an individual associating with themselves as being in Christ. Then we have in Romans chapter 12, uh, this is the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 16, excuse me, from verse 3. This is Paul now giving really speaking about some people that he knew and he's greeting the Roman Christians and he tells them well would you give certain greetings and acknowledgments to certain individuals but look at some of the language he uses he says greet Priscilla and Aquila my helpers in Christ Jesus who have, who have for my life laid down their own necks unto whom not only I give thanks but also all the churches of the Gentiles Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Epanetus, who is the first fruits of Achaia unto Christ. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Salute Adronicus and Junia, my kinsmen, and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ, there's that phrase again, who were in Christ before me. So he notes now, he says, there's certain individuals, all these individuals I've just mentioned, they got into a relationship with Christ. They were seen by God as in Christ before I was. So he's talking about the actual time they received Christ and became members of the body of Christ. Now going down again, it says, greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord, salute Urbane, our helper in Christ, there's that phrase again, and Stasius, my beloved, salute Apelles, approved in Christ, salute them which are of the household of Aristobulus. So now, we see that phrase in Christ about four times relating to certain people who had received Christ. Now we're going back to 2 Corinthians 5.21, where it says now, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. I'm emphasizing this first phrase, first of all, in Christ. Now one more, Galatians chapter 2, Galatians chapter 1, verse 22. Galatians 1, 22 says this, And I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea which were in Christ. There's a phrase. So we see there from those scriptures we just read there, from 2 Corinthians 12 to Romans 16 and Galatians 1, we see an individual who was seen in Christ. We see individuals, plural, in Christ. And now we see the churches, so groups of individuals, as in Christ. Now, we know words mean everything. You know, God doesn't just, he didn't just write the Bible and, and give it to us just to fill up an parts of it just just uh, words just to fill up the space no these words mean something it shows a position it shows a relationship it shows the way God sees us so again if any man be in Christ so these individuals like us those who have received Christ Jesus are seen as in Christ so God sees the believer in Christ differently than anyone else that's why he calls, there's the invitation for everyone to receive Jesus Christ so they can be now seen as part of his body. Now think about that. Now part of the body of Christ, members of the body of Christ. Now think about that. So he says, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creature, the oldest past and new has come. Now another one you should think of is this. In Galatians 2 verse 20, Paul makes an astounding statement. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. 
And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now this is astounding because he says this, I'm not only in Christ, but Christ is in me. So again, see, it's positional. But see, there's something about that. When someone gets born again, the life of Christ comes into them. They're now seen as in Christ. Now in God's eyes, that's reality. This is not religion. This is a vital, living relationship with the living God of the universe. Where God says, now when you receive Christ, now he sees you now as a part of his body. He sees you as in him, and therefore he's also in you. Again, not religion, reality. And that's the quality of relationship. God wants to have a tremendous relationship with you. See now, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old is past, the new has come. We're going to continue on this, but let me say this and encourage you. There's no reason to give up on life. There's no reason to get to exit this planet before your time. There's no reason to kill yourself or commit suicide or, or, or allow people's words to cause you to give up on life. Why? God loves you supremely. Call upon the Lord today. He's, he'll give you the answers to your life. Last time we left off looking at Mark chapter 5 verse 22 and we we're really focusing on Jairus who said, you know, Jesus my daughter lies at the point of death, but if you'll come lay your hand on her, she shall live. Now think about that, that's, that's what he said. And then it says this, and Jesus followed him. And we also alluded to 3 John chapter 2 verse 1, where the aged apostle John says this, Beloved, I wish, I will, I desire, above anything, above all things, that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now think about this. This was not a man speaking his denominational line. This, he was not speaking according to maybe a fad doctrine of the day. This is an aged man. He had nothing to prove. He, he lived with Jesus, saw Jesus' ministry. And he was speaking to these people, looking to him for leadership. He was speaking the heart of Jesus when he said, Beloved, I wish, I will, I desire above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now faith begins where the will of God is known. You must know that it is God's will for you to be healed. Jairus came to Jesus based on that premise. He must have heard that Jesus was anointed to minister healing power to the sick. He must have heard and might have seen what Jesus did in ministering healing power. But for him to transact, to receive that power on behalf of his daughter, he had to come right. He had to come with the right words. What did he say? Jesus, my daughter lies at the point of death. That's all he said about the problem. But he says, I pray, come, lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and listen now, and she shall live. This was very definite. So Jesus acted on that. He acted on his words. So and Jesus went with him, and much people followed him. Now, I've preached this in different places, and, and a number of places, in all, you know, both in, in North America and in Europe. The thing is this. Jesus follows words of faith. That's what he follows. He doesn't fa follow unbelief. He follows words of faith. What did Jairus say? Did he, did he say this? Well, Jesus, I know you're anointed to heal the sick. I know you can lay hands on my daughter. But 
come and if it's God's will, maybe he will heal her. Well, we've done, many people have done that and that's why the answer hasn't come. He came definite. He came confident. He came with a definite assurance that if Jesus laid hands on his daughter, she, she would be healed. Because he said, and she shall live. Again, Jesus would not have followed him if he didn't speak those words of faith and confidence in the ability of God in the ministry of Jesus. So he followed him. Now other people followed him, but watch this. In verse 24, when people followed him, verse 25, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment for she said if I may but touch his clothes I shall be whole and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him turned him about in the press and said who touched my clothes and his disciples said to him you see the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me and he looked round about to see her that had done this thing but the woman fearing and trembling knowing what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth and he said to her daughter your faith, remember that, has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Now we're going to break this down because this is interesting. Jesus is on his way to Jairus' uh, house to heal Jairus' daughter. That's where he's going. So we could say Jairus is now is leading, we could say dictating the ministry of Jesus by his words of faith. Now this woman interrupts him. So there's a crowd of people, there's Jairus, Jairus and maybe who came with him, there's Jesus' party and Jesus and his disciples, and then there's a whole multitude of people following him. So there's a throng of people, a crowd of people. This was not one, two, or ten. This was lots of people, you know, really pressing forward through on Jesus as he goes and follows Jairus to his house. But it says this, this woman now interrupts all of that. So this is why this is shown, this is chronicled, it's, it's outlined in this story here. It says this woman, she had an issue of blood for 12 years. So she was constantly bleeding, hemorrhaging constantly for 12 years. Now it's, I love the detail it gives because it shows what she was suffering. It says she suffered many things of many physicians. Now look at that, so she was suffering. She spent all that she had, so more than likely she was a woman of some means, but through the different maybe operations she had, the different um, diagnosis and different uh, things they, 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 they try to do to alleviate of the, or of the problem, she, all of her money, a lot of her money was expended. And she doesn't get better, but she grows worse. Now, what's interesting here, so we have in one verse here, or one and a half, her condition the situation she's faced with. It's not good. Verse 27 says this, when she heard of Jesus. What you hear about Jesus is a, can be a matter of life and death. If you hear that God is a God 
that is schizophrenic. Let me use that word schizophrenic and, and bear with me uh, about that. It's not to put down anyone suffering from that kind of condition. But when I use the word schizophrenic is that, is that maybe God is, um, sometimes people have a, maybe a sadistical thinking of God. That one day is into suffering, another day he'll be nice. Now, if you have that kind of mentality of God, it's going to be hard for you to receive from God. If you don't know the nature of God, if you don't know that he's reliable, put it this way, God's either good or he's bad. <laughs> you really can't have two. Now, we already established before God is a good God. We have scripture after scripture proving that. And, and if you know him personally, then you know that he's a good God. But the thing why it says, it says, even though she's gone through all these terrible things in her body, and it looks like her future is just going to be really impaired because of this. It says, when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his clothes. She obviously heard something about Jesus that was good. She heard that he was the healer. Remember we said about in Acts chapter 10 verse 38 where Peter says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good. Again, he didn't do bad, he did good. Now what was that good part of that good included? He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So we can say this, healing is part one of the goodnesses of God. It's part of the demonstration of God's goodness to humanity. His nature is good. He, therefore, healing is good. Healing's not bad, healing is good. So obviously she must have heard. In fact, everywhere Jesus went, he preached that same scripture, Luke 4, 18 and 19 that we have encountered in scripture. He preached that he was anointed to preach good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So they must have heard this because she heard of Jesus. She must have heard that he's the healer. She must have heard that he's doing good things. She must have heard that the sick are being healed and delivered. Because when she heard, it prompted an action. So faith was inspired in her. The hopelessness started to rise off of her. Faith got on the inside of her. She heard of Jesus. In fact, Romans 10:17 says, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. That's why I said, what you hear can be a matter of life and death. It can either produce death in your life, or, or in, your, in your body, or in your circumstances, or it can produce death. It can produce life or death. And so you've got to be careful what you hear. You've got to be careful who you listen to. You've got to be careful what you're around. She heard of Jesus. What she heard about him was obviously that he's the healer. And by getting in contact with him, healing would be, the, would be resulted and manifested in her body. Why? It says, she came in the press and touched his garment. For she said, now, why did she actually act upon this? Why did she act this way? Why did she come and touch his garment? Now, she says this, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, think about that. See, faith releases, your, uh, releases the power of God. Faith is released in word and action. Now, Jairus spoke certain words that caused Jesus to move on his behalf. This woman was, spoke certain words and acted in kind with those words that engaged the power of God in her life. Think about it. Your words are either pushing God's power and his will away from you or it's drawing it closer and towards your life. She said this, if I just touch his clothes, I shall be 
whole. If I just touch him. So Jesus had a ministry of laying on of hands. But she said, I don't even need him to lay hands on me. All I've got to do is get close enough to touch his clothes. She actually believed then that the power of God was also resident, not just in Jesus' body, but it was resident in his clothing that he wore. I mean, that's, so that's some faith that she believed that the power of God, the healing power of God that was in Jesus' person would actually, was also in his body and would be transmitted into the cloth, the cloths on his body and would also go into her, into her when she tangibly and physically touched it. She believed something. So look at, this is, out, this is absolutely outstanding because she acts upon, I'm going to touch him because I believe it. If I just touch his garment, I shall be whole. Because you say, Carl, why are you emphasizing that? See, because you can have what you say. This was, she said, I shall be whole. She doesn't say, I might get well. She does not say, if it's God's will, I'll get what I desire. I'll get my answer. She doesn't say any of that. She said, I shall. If I just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. She said, if I get close enough, if I'm somehow permitted to touch him, I shall be whole. And she says, straightway the fountain of blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague and Jesus immediately knowing in himself so she had what she said she acted she said if I just touch his garment I shall be whole that's what she said see the saying came before the manifestation of healing well see more than likely if you'll speak in line with God's will for your life the power of God will be released into your body into your circumstance see she spoke first she acted then she received most people are trying to say, well, when God, well, when God does it, then I'm going to say it. When, when my body looks like it's healed, then I'm going to agree. No, that's not how it worked. In Jairus' situation and in this woman, she said it first, then she received it, then she saw it. That's the pattern, folks. She said it. She said, if I touch his garment, I shall be whole. Will you agree with God's word and his will for your life today? Will you agree that God's plan for you is good, not evil, to give you a future and a hope? Will you agree and say, Lord, I'm going to stand on your word that I've heard today, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that it is God's will that I prosper and be in good health? Will you agree with that and get in line with that? We have prayer partners who will pray with you that as you call in regarding this today, then God's power will be released into your life. Life, and you will have what you say. Why? Because you agree with God's goodwill for your life. If you're in the Toronto or Greater Toronto area, I welcome you and personally invite you to join us for one of our weekly services, Sundays at 11 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at the address on the screen. I really believe that you'll be enriched, encouraged, and strengthened by the ministry of God's anointed word, as well as by the fellowship of other believers who are true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I look forward to seeing you. Thank you for joining us today on Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we encourage you to partner with us financially to continue the teaching of God's Word. To give, please write to Foundation for Life Christian Ministries or securely online at foundationforlife.ca. 
Healing for the Nations is a ministry of Foundation for Life Christian Ministries. Visit foundationforlife.ca and avail yourself of our valuable life-building resources for free. Join us next time on Healing for the Nations.